and hello and welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is a full-service business consulting firm that provides business plan creation and review, marketing plans, process automation, accounting services, and business technology strategy consulting and implementation services. I'm honored today to introduce Dr. Jack J. Phillips, chairman of ROI Institutes, the leading provider of services for measurement, evaluation, metrics, and analytics. Former learning and development manager, HR executive, and bank president, Phillips provides consulting services for over half of the Fortune 100 companies and workshops for major conference providers worldwide. Author of the first book on training evaluation in in the U.S., Phillips has authored or edited more than 75 books. He's a, he is the developer of the ROI method, methodology, the most used evaluation system in the world. His work has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg Business Week, Fortune Magazine, CNN, and now on Business Radio X. It's also my pleasure to introduce the co-host of Strategic Insights Radio, David Wilkins. He's the Senior VP of Business Technology Strategy for Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Today's show will delve into the importance of understanding return on investment, or ROI, otherwise referred to as ROI, uh, as they pertain to the success of a business. Dave? Thank you, Mike, and thank you, Dr. Phillips, for being here uh, on Strategic Insights Radio. So before we really dive into the details on ROI, it'd be probably great to give our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, your company. Yes, first, uh, the company. We actually help individuals show the value of what they do. That's a short elevator speech, but regardless of what a company or an individual is investing in, we show them how to measure the success of that investment. Now, we can do it for them through consulting, or we can teach them how to do that. And the best way we can teach people to do that is what is to do what we call ROI certification. And that is for one week, we teach people how to evaluate their projects. And when they evaluate their project all the way through to the financial ROI, they become a certified ROI professional. To date, there's over 5,000 of those globally. Uh, 12,000 have started the journey, 5,000 through the process. So we provide consulting and teaching. And as the introduction says, we write lots of books that support this as well. Great. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into this and uh, some of your background? Well, I started, uh, I'm an engineer from Georgia Tech here in Atlanta and I worked with Lockheed Martin uh, just down the street. And I had a request years ago uh, from the chief uh, engineer there to show the value of a cooperative education program. This is a co-op program where students uh, alternate work in school and get their degree that way. And we had 350 co-op students from 16 universities, very expensive program. And all of that's charged to the chief engineer. So he asked me to show the value of this to the company. You know, what are we getting out of this? Show me the money here. And that started a spark. We did that. I was actually working on a master's degree at Georgia State University at that time, a master's degree in quantitative methods called decision science. So we started doing this process, using it. I worked through uh, learning and development and human resources, um, served as executive roles and top executive roles and, after 27 years, I was uh, left the business world as president of a, a regional banking institute, a re- regional banking network. 
Well, that's, uh, that is very impressive. So tell me a little bit about this whole concept of ROI, because I think a lot of people have heard, you know, heard the term return on investment. Um, you know, they think about it in terms of specific projects. How does it really have an impact upon the overall operation of an organization? Yes. See, uh, for years, companies have had major expenditures in the capital expenditure category. And when they buy equipment, tools, or another company, we trace back maybe 400 years ago, we fed processes in place to show the value of that right down to the financial ROI. You know, what's my return on that investment calculated as a percent, like 10% ROI, which means you get your money back plus 10% more. The problem is, as we've evolved and changed our businesses, most of our expenditures these days is not in the capital area. They are in the non-capital, and that's investing in people, uh, marketing, quality. Even much of the technology in a company these days is not capital. So what companies need is a method to show the financial ROI of those kinds of expenditures to get right down to the monetary benefits they're getting out of it compared to the cost of it so I can see is this a good investment? So when we think about uh, the investing, you know, again, most people are thinking about it at a at a project level. But in reality, the investment is every dollar you, the, that is being put into the business, whether it's spending on whether it's uh, human resources or uh, actually even down to the paperclip level in, yes. in the office supplies. Yeah. So if you think about every expense, it can be categorized either as, either as a capital expenditure or non-capital. In reality, the non-capital is the dominant expense category. About 80% on average of the expenses of a company is in that non-capital. That means it's not subject to the standard finance and accounting uh, processes that we've had previously. But about two decades ago, we saw a huge shift because we invest so much in these other categories, the non-capital. We need to see the monetary value for major programs. When you invest a billion dollars, for example, in learning and development, we've got six clients that we work with that spend over $1 billion. We need to see the ROI of that. Uh, right now, we're working with the Social Security Administration in the technology area. Their technology budget is $1.9 billion. Most of that is non-capital. And so you can, you can imagine the commissioner of the um, Social Security Administration is saying, what's the ROI of this? What's, what are we getting out of this? Huge investment. So we're taking them down this process uh, to prepare them and teach them and help them do studies that they can see the value of these investments that they're having. So when you get in, you mentioned earlier about the the certification process, the methodology that you you follow, and and all, and you know the the training of, of folks. What is the what are the key steps in this methodology that helps uh, helps the organization understand what their ROI is? So we we break down success into five levels. Uh, the first level is reaction. How do people react to this particular process or project that you're putting in place? Reaction is critical. If they don't see it as needed, necessary, important to their success, they probably won't use it properly. So that's the first level, reaction. And then we measure learning. What is it they're learning to do to make it successful? They must know how to do it. Otherwise, it breaks down. 
So then we move on to application, applying it properly. So that's measuring how well they're using it, how often they're using it, and the success that they're having as they use it. Now we get to the impact. That's the consequence. That shows up in more, maybe more productivity, better quality, less time, lower cost. So what is the consequence of the application, the impact? That's the key measure that executives want to see. We then sort out the effects of this particular project on that data and now compare that to the cost of the project. And as we com- we actually convert the impact data to money, compare it to the cost, and now that's your financial ROI. Again, calculated the same way that you calculate the capital expenditure. So this gives an executive good decision-making data now. The ROI, as, as Warren Buffett says, the ROI is a way to keep score. So if I got multiple projects, the ROI is going to tell me which one's paying off the most. If I got one that's very negative and I cannot make it positive, it tells me maybe I don't need to invest there so much or if I cannot correct it or fix it or improve it. So it really lets an executive see the value of these investments in terms that they can appreciate and understand. So you've really taken the whole concept of well, financial measures to a, to a whole different level. Uh, it's, it sounds like it's because, yeah, the whole concept of measuring the profitability or the ROI of various projects and determining which ones make sense uh, is good. But while, what I'm also hearing, it sounds like, is that it's more or less the philosophy, you know, you can't, you can't manage what you can't measure. So if you're me- measuring a, a lot more of the activities within an organization, then you're going to be more effective in managing that, those operations. Absolutely. So let's, let's go with that same process. As we evaluate a particular project, we take that evaluation data and we try to make it better. So you, we're measuring at those levels, all, all the levels of the five levels. As we see things not working, we make adjustments. And so those adjustments makes it a better project going forward. So either the next go around or as we continue to use it, we make it better. So what we then have done is optimize the return on investment. And so that optimization leads to allocation of funds in the future. So we're using evaluation to drive optimization to drive allocation of funds. And the challenge facing so many executives these days is, should I give more money here or should I put it here? Or even in that particular function, should more money be here versus here? And so this gives a tool to help them make that critical decision. So people who are using this will be able to actually get more funding or keep their funding during these changing and turbulent times that we're having now. Well, that's yeah, I can I understand that. And you know, from my experience in terms of working with a lot of different companies, they 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 seem to have a different level of of attention to these these issues depending upon whether or not they're they're making money when you know a lot of profits seems to cover a lot of sins uh versus when they're in a downturn and and money gets tight yes exactly you see uh, some some expenditures executives understand quite well when you're investing in advertising sometimes they can see it very clearly but they the pressure is on marketing and advertising to show that value, and they, they typically do that. Over in the human resources area, for example, in the people area, uh, we haven't done a good job of showing the value that we have from our people, the programs that we have for the people, or even the value of the staff. 
in tough times, uncertain times, anytime there's uncertainty as we're facing now, that causes executives to um, tighten up the expenditures. And one of the best things they do is, uh, I should say, one of the things they like to do is cut expenses, contain expenses. You see, if they don't see the value so clearly of investing in this item or this process or these people, uh, there's a tendency to cut that because if I don't see the value, I know it's necessary. So I might just trim that cost or contain that cost. But if I can see the value in terms that I can understand, maybe I invest more in this and not less. So we always ask people, as we see cost cutting going on everywhere in the USA, we ask in terms of your function, your process, your projects that you manage, how do executives perceive this? Is it a cost or an investment? If it's a cost, it can easily be cut. If it's an investment, hey, you may have a chance of getting more money instead of less. So in many respects, this sounds like this is a kind of a a cure maybe if, if the, for looking for the right word here for the uh, FUD factor, you know, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that uh, managers have to deal with today. And if by having an ROI process like this, you really can uh, can address all those question marks that are leading you to to that fear, uncertainty, and doubt, which ultimately leads to cutting costs, whether they really need to or not. Exactly. You see, the best time to do this is when someone's not forcing you to do it. And so we want people to be proactive and make sure you can show the value of what you are doing, not only just to protect your budget, but also to make sure you're getting the right support for this process and the commitment for this process. And for you to know yourself that it's making a difference and you're driving improvement. So, so the time to do it is now. Don't wait. If you wait until someone says, show me the money for this project. Otherwise, we'll cut your budget. And unfortunately, that's occurring a lot these days. But then if you don't know how to do this, it'll take some time to get it working. And you often don't have enough time. You're at a disadvantage. You have a short timeline. You're on an executive's agenda. You're defensive. So we want to be on the offensive. Be ahead of this request. Don't wait for the request. That's what that would be our advice. Learn this, keep the capability going, build it now. Great. Well, let's take a, a quick break and we will be back to uh, follow up on that conversation. Are you thinking about starting a business? Does your business need a loan or investors? Are you ready to grow and succeed? Then you need to call Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Call Sterling Rose Consulting Corp at 470-238-9097 for more information or to schedule your free business consultation. Hi, this is Dave Wilkins, Sterling Rose Consulting at at Strategic Insights Radio, and today we're talking with Dr. Jack Phillips from the ROI Institute. And I'd like to follow up on that, the last, uh, our last uh, discussion. Uh, you mentioned "Show Me the Money," and that's a, a title of one of your uh, more recent books. It is. It's a book that we wrote for executives. Uh, "Show Me the Money," and it's because executives like to ask that, request that, particularly in today's climate. Uh, but the book shows how this is being accomplished in 
public relations, human resources, marketing, a risk management, procurement, quality, whatever they're doing, where there's uncertainty in terms of the value. This shows how it's being done with many examples. So it's written for executives and chief financial officers. It's been out almost 10 years now, and we're planning a second edition of that um, uh, later this year, and uh, we'll come out sometime next year. Great. Now, you know, you know, we mentioned early on uh, a lot of metrics, and sounds like some of that can get pretty complicated. So how, how does somebody like a, a CFO uh, or, or financial manager really get to understand it in, a, in practical terms? Yes. Well, first, let's think about the different levels for a minute, and let's go the reverse. The ROI is a common measure for a chief financial officer because it's the same calculation for our capital expenditures, calculated as a percent. So an ROI of, of 15% says, for this investment, I've recovered the cost plus another 15 cents. And so it's a good ROI under most standards. So they understand that metric. Now that number comes from improvements in a business measure, whether it's a productivity, quality, cycle time, uh, customer complaints, absenteeism, employee turnover, accidents, incidents, those kind of things, they're already there. So the metrics at the, this level four, the impact level, is already, the, those metrics are already in the system. And they know them. And that's the measures they often track from many functional area. You know, how's your productivity? How's your sales? What's a customer product returns? And so forth. So it's not introducing new metrics there either. Now, if you back up now to the next level, application, are people using this process properly? Are they doing something properly? Are they, fo- are they following your procedure? We measure at that level to see if it breaks down. Now, here's where we might have to bring in some new metrics because it may not be in the system telling us that people are filling the process out properly. They're following our procurement uh, uh, procedure properly or a new leader in a leadership development program is actually leading properly. So we may have to put some metrics in there. Well, we, we try to keep that in a very low-key area. I'm a low-key uh, effort, so it doesn't take so much time. But it gets back to your point earlier. If you don't measure it, you can't manage it. So we want to measure at that level so we can make adjustments. And then we'll be back up to the next level, learning. See, they have to learn to do that. And those are just quick learning checks that we we use. A learning check could be, I just observe the person doing it, and they can do it. Or the person is, has a, a little quiz here on this. They know how to do it. Or they do give a self-assessment. So something simple there. And then the first level reaction is just a survey. We want to know if people see it as relevant to their work. It's important to their success. It's something that they will use something that they would recommend to others. If we could get that thinking, that reaction is going to work down the line. So we don't bring a lot of new metrics. We just take the metrics we have and try to put it together in a logical chain of value to get to where we need to be. That's and it really is a very comprehensive approach because what you're really, what you're really saying is you get the, if you get the employees to buy into the process, or the, the concept and then measure their ability to follow through as, as, as they execute. 
Yes. Then, then that's where that's where your success is ultimately going to come, and you uh, reflected in the uh, metrics and the ROI. Exactly. So you break up a good point. We don't improve a program by just measuring success necessarily. The 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 best way to make this work is to start from the beginning. So we actually design and expect results. We design for results and we expect results through the process. We make sure that we're connected to the business measure to begin with. We set objectives for a particular project to push it all the way to impact, for example. So when you begin a journey, you know what this is doing. In other words, if we're implementing a new leadership program, we don't just expect that we have great leaders. We're trying to drive a performance measure, and we want that leader to tell us what measure would actually improve if if we can improve your leadership competencies. So we start with the end in mind as we begin to a program or project. That end is an impact measure. So you can see you keep pushing this by expecting it, reinforcing it, building in tools to get it, so that when you measure at the end, you're more likely to have it. So it's a philosophy, it's a change, it's a focus on accountability, it's a focus on results in all of our projects. But we're going to take that effort to show ROI only on a few projects, usually about 5%, maybe 10% of the projects. Because as you suggested, it's comprehensive to collect the data, do the analysis, and show that. So we want to be able to save that for the more expensive, more strategic, more important projects. Okay. Now, how about a, a, an, a, an example? Uh, you know, from for one of your uh, from one of your clients that you've taken through and and demonstrating a, a bottom line impact, if if you know if you can. Yes, we'll take some example. For example, in FedEx, uh, we I should say in the logistics area, we work with FedEx, UPS, and DHL. That's the three largest. We work with all three of them. But I'm in Atlanta now, and UPS is our key client here. So let's talk about them. They've been using this in their human resources area for some time. Uh, one of their very successful projects involved the, the couriers, the drivers. And they were investing heavily in some training there for them, and they wanted to see what's the financial ROI. And they were able to show that. And it, it makes executives feel better about this kind of process. And it also... In the measurement process, it shows you what you need to improve or tweak or change. Let's take another one. I've got a project now with United Airlines, and they have a program for the frontline leadership. See, leadership is a key issue as they push the projects right on through, as they push a leadership program right on through to impact an ROI. This gives them a sense of something as soft as leadership development can make a big difference. And let's continue with a sales example, for example. In the sales area, for a store, a very popular store chain, I won't be able to give their name right now because they don't want me to talk about it, but you'd recognize their name. It's a very high-quality fashion store. Uh, they wanted to train their store managers to be high-performance and deliver high-performance, and, and, and the principal payoff is the sales increase in their stores. So they're trying to get more sales. Sometimes we put this in place in technology to drive a particular measure, putting a new system in place to drive productivity. So it could, we could go on and on, but we, we document this so much with books, and we've got 400 case studies published now, and that comes from about 15 case study books. That's among our publication that's on our website for people to go look at. We actually have 12 studies they can download 
from our website, and that's rlyinstitute.net. Great. When it comes down to the the well, really to the payoff, you know, because that's that's what it's that's what I think it's all about. Ultimately, we're all looking. All managers are looking to make sure they're getting the the best out of it. The probably the most challenging areas are those that are the most intangible. Uh, you know, you started you touched on some of those, like the training, for example. Um, how do you equate some of the that back to to the uh, like sales? You know, because it seems like there may be multiple variables there. Yes. Let's take some examples. Let's take networking. Uh, we work with a bank in Canada, CIBC, the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. And they wanted to see uh, what was the value of networking. They had a program where they brought the managers together uh, to learn some new leadership competencies, but purposely they wanted them to network and share and communicate with each other. They knew there were some networking possibilities and some payoff possibilities within that group. And it did. And they wanted us to track the what happened from this program and from the networking and to actually put a monetary value on that. So what we did is interview the people who have been to the program and ask what did they do on follow-ups for the contacts that he made. And for each of those follow-ups, what happened to it? And so we did that. Some In some cases, they were able to swap customers and get some new business because they have a different line of the business they work with. Others, uh, they're actually some parts of the business could do some functions that another part of the, the bank was outsourcing to others. So you put all that together, you could see value coming from there that would not have happened without that particular process. So we were able to put a monetary value on networking. And when you divide that by the individuals who are coming, we, look, we looked at the value of networking per person coming through that process. Now, they wanted to do this because going forward, they could see the value from the networking. Now, you, you can see we work with these kinds of very tough measures to convert to money, whether it's a reputation, image, brand, job satisfaction, customer satisfaction, um, maybe a net promoter score from the, from the sales area as we promote the business. Uh, so those things are a specialty that we work with in terms of trying to help the business put a monetary value on that. The good news is that if it's important, they're putting pressure now from the top down to convert these measures to money. We can no longer just think about employee engagement, for example, uh, without maybe showing the value of employee engagement. And we've got several studies, published studies now, showing the ROI of investing in employee engagement. That's something that's gradually showing and developing as we look at the softer kinds of things like leadership development, coaching, um, as well as engagement. So you've really transitioned a lot of what would I would call subjective evaluations into more objective uh, through quantifying and, and quantifying the, uh, the actual results. Yes, exactly. And, and we have to because your investment is so high sometimes. If you just think about coaching, for example, coaching really began as an important tool probably 20 years ago. And it grew and it grew. And it, when it first started, it was a novel thing to do is to have a coach if you're an executive or a manager in a company. However, as the investments continue to grow, executives begin to question, well, what's the value of this? Is it really working? So that forced organizations to begin looking at coaching 
terms of its impact. So as you can imagine, that's where we get involved and we do coaching studies. We have a book measuring the success of coaching and a case study book that goes along with it showing case studies of the financial ROI from coaching. Here, you can imagine we, the coaching has to be connected to an impact measure. So we don't coach someone just to change behavior. We coach them so that they can drive a business improvement through the change in behavior. Got it. Okay. So really, this has applicability to just about any business, whether they're large or small, or whether it's a, uh, the whole company or a division of a company or, or, or a specific set of activities uh, you know, ta- within, a, within a business. Yes. It can work in small businesses, large businesses, also in governments and non-government organizations, nonprofit, universities, hospitals, doesn't matter. It, it can work in any of those settings, and we do. In fact, most of our work these days are in the public sector of governments, nonprofits, and NGOs. But I remember an interesting project we had in Ireland. Um, The Irish government wanted us to focus on the small business. And so they became our partner going into that country. And so we worked with the small business there and showing them how they could use this. And in exchange for actually helping them do a study in a small business, we, they wanted their case study to be published. So we published a book of case studies there of how small business can use ROI as a management tool. Mm-hmm. So we have 15 case studies published there and small business ranging from nine employees to about 100 employees, purposely because we wanted to work with small business. Great. Well, this has been really, really fascinating. Uh, it's a great topic. And as you say, you, the course that you you have, the certification course, is a whole week. So there's obviously a lot more we could be talking about. But uh, how can uh, how can uh, folks get uh, get more information about you and uh, ROI Institute? Just go to our website, roiinstitute.net. There's a lot of tools and templates there. There are case studies there. There's also events there. Our next um, uh, certification, ROI certifications in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's later this month. And the next one in October is in Albuquerque, and it just continues to roll from there. Uh, so look at the website. Lots of materials, lots of possibilities there. Lots of good free tools that you can download and use. Well, this, this has been great. And thank you very much, uh, Dr. Phillips, for your time. I think it's been an excellent, uh, excellent session. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that is the end of our Strategic Insights Radio episode. Thank you, David, and thank you, Dr. Phillips. This was Strategic Insights Radio discussing the ROI Institute and ROI methodology and why it's important to understand and implement this methodology within your business. For more information about Dr. Jack Phillips and the ROI Institute uh, or David Wilkins of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp., contact Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. at 470-238-9097 or visit sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. 